supposed to be walking in the supernatural, Lord. And I pray that tonight it would be the night that you would relight that fuse again in us, God, that the stirring of the people of God, Lord, would cause them to call out to you, Lord, to, to intercede, Lord Jesus, to ask to, to see your face, O oh God, to ask for the move of God, the reality of Almighty God, and Lord, that it would start tonight. Wake us up, God. Wake up the house of God. Wake up this church, Lord. Wake up new hope, God. Father, the enemy just kind of rocks us to sleep, Lord, and we're asking for a stirring of the Spirit of Almighty God. Lord, stir us tonight with your word, Lord. Lord, take this body of mine, Lord. Just use it as a tool, as a vessel. Lord God, speak through it, Lord Jesus, please. Please, Lord, speak through it in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, you may be seated. Okay, while we've spent a lot of time, most of July, uh, looking at the various harbingers and uh, all the various signs and omens and judgment and all that stuff, and as we heard this morning, uh, I loved it when he said, look, the harbingers are also a sign of God's love as he's begging us and asking us to return, to return to him. So as I step back into the pulpit and do what I normally do, started asking the Lord, God, what do I, where, which direction, where I go, where do I go? And I just felt like the Lord wanted me to give this uh, message tonight, and the title of it is Stepping Out of the Box, Stepping Out of the Box. And we have done this stuff before, we've talked about this before, but I don't know if you've ever really caught the urgency of the hour and you might be thinking, what's the box? Well, look around you. We got nice four square walls here. So well, this is like a box. We need to step out of this box. And even as I am uh, presenting this message to you, I'm telling God, I love my box. I really do, Lord. I, I love my box. It's the type of person I am. And uh, I believe also that God is saying, like, uh, too bad. Too bad. Look, remember that we spent all these times, all these hours, all those videos, and it came down to, if my people. So that, that's you. Here we are. We're looking at God's opportunities. We're looking at God's vessels. We're looking at God's resources, the people he wants to use, no matter what you feel like or where you're at in life. So here we go, stepping out of the box. <clears throat> Matthew 26, 7 is going to be our opening text. And it simply states, There came unto him a woman having an alabaster box, a very precious ointment, and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. The alabaster box or a, or a flask. Uh, this... Um, could be a little uh, misunderstanding to you and I because we're used to snap cops and twisty tops and all Tupperware stuff. And Well, this was a flask or an alabaster box that there was no way of opening it other than breaking it. It had a long, skinny neck, and when you broke it, you were using it one way or another. You just had to break it so the contents can be used. And the Bible says that this was very, very, very precious. Okay, very precious, meaning of great value, absolute great value, very costly, very costly. 
And it also stated weighty. And I was like, weighty? I'm, and I'm thinking of weight. And, and these, these were so valuable that in biblical times, the ladies would wear them around their neck. I mean, they're just because they were so valuable. They would wear them around their neck on, and, and have them as an ornament of something. But the word here, weighty, means of great seriousness and importance. You ever have a meeting, a, a weighty meeting? A lot of relied upon this meeting. And so that's what they're talking about when they're talking about this alabaster box. So as she, in fact, I can compare it to my cologne. I have different kinds of cologne. I have some I'll just bring, well, because it wasn't that costly. And I have some that I love, it's costly, and it's the truth. And I go, and they're only them little bottles, not the big bottle. And I try to make it last from Christmas to Christmas. Hoping I get one for Christmas. Okay, so the difference of costly and weighty. But as she broke this very expensive alabaster box, the fragrance of this rare, costly aroma filled the room. It was obvious that the box was broken. And so I got looking at this, and it got me to thinking, and I'm telling the Lord, God, what is my alabaster box that I can break open and fill the room with this wonderful, costly aroma? God, what's my box? Well, let's turn to Luke 2, because I believe this is the answer. And I'm hoping if anything happened to the whole month that we spent on the harbinger, that you started to see the urgency of the hour. And you started to see how our leaders don't have a clue, and you're sitting there, like me, high school education, and I know what to do. And so as that becomes more revealed to us, we should be taking a further step into what we're supposed to do for God. Hopefully, we just got to. We can't continue to sit in this box. So what's this great aroma that we can fill a room up with? Well, Luke 2 says, The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The alabaster box is the word of God. It's the word of God that you, you break open as you speak to people and you fill the room with the aroma of life and hope. But we haven't been doing that. It's sad, but Leviticus 10.8 tells us this, and the Lord spake unto Aaron, because you and I are royal priesthood. We are priests unto God. All of us now should be preaching the Word of God everywhere, certainly outside of the box. This is preaching to the choir, like they always say. And so the Lord says to Aaron, do not drink wine nor strong drink. Aaron is a type, like you and I are a type. And so he's speaking to us. Do not drink wine nor strong drink, thou nor the sons with thee. When ye go into the tabernacle of the congregation, lest you die, it shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. Verse 10, look, 
And that you may put difference between the holy and unholy. And between the unclean and clean. And if you're not going to do that, then don't profess to be saved. This is what God's telling us. We're to fill the aroma up with this holy life, this expectation from God. And if you're going to be like Aaron, and you're going to mix everything with the world, then don't tell them. And that's what's happened to the church. We have failed at this. We have lost our influence because they can't tell which one of us are real. Even yourself, you think and you hope, well, I, I hope these people are real. They seem real. They sound real. But you don't know what's going to come out of their mouth next or what they might do. And so we have seen that we have failed at this as a church with that, that beautiful fragrance of an aroma, that costly good news. Bible says old things are passed away, not continued. They're continued in our generation. This is why the judgment of God is on us. It's because our nation doesn't see anything. Not drawn to the, oh, the aroma. And my little squirt, that one, that will sound weird, but just making a point. Throughout the years that I've worn that, I've had a handful of people say, man, what is that? They want to know. When I do it, they never ask. It's the truth. And when we give the aroma of God, people will want to know. Not maybe the masses or scores and scores, but some will want to know. And really what we've come down to is this. In our box. Ezekiel twenty two twenty six says, Her priests have violated my law. And we know pastors are guilty of this. But you also are a priest. They have violated my law. How? They have profaned my holy thing. How, Lord? They have put no difference between holy and profane. Now remember the question is, God, what, what, what can I do? What, what alabaster box can I break? And we're talking about the pure word of God. And you're the alabaster box. It's only good if God breaks you and uses you. If you're unbreakable, you're no good to God. He says, so they put no difference between a holy and profane. Neither have they showed difference. We are to show difference. Everybody's boozing, gambling, running around. We are to show a difference. No thank you. No, I've been delivered from that. They'll laugh, they'll mock, but you are to show a difference. Between the unclean and the clean. And have hid their eyes from our Sabbaths, and I am profaned among them. 
Her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves ravening the prey. To shed blood, to destroy souls, to get dishonest gain. And her prophets have been dubbed, have dubbed them with untempered mortar. Seeing vanity, divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord hath not spoken it. It's rampant. Now, if we want to break out of this religious box, if you are truly here tonight, fed up with yourself, fed up with the American church, seeing the urgency of the hour, heartbroken over your nation, and you want to do something different, you must be willing to take some steps, some risks, like we talked about a long time ago. And I love my box. But my box can become like the meal that they made, the pottage or soup that they were making in the wilderness. And one of them cried out, Oh God, there's death in this pot. So ingrown, unmoved by out there, becomes death, stagnant. No growth, no power, no miracles, no showing up of Jesus, no trembling at his word. No weeping at the altar, because we love our box. First one, first step. I don't care where you're from, where you came from, what you're thinking. Ask for the power of the Holy Ghost. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't care in what form, what shape, as long as it's Him. I'm not getting into some theological doctrine, this, that, this. All I know is that we are deficient in the power of the Holy Ghost. We are. The first outreach of the books of Acts occurred immediately after the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. First. The Apostle Paul, Peter, who had denied Jesus just weeks before, boldly stands up and preaches, and 3,000 people. It takes the power of the Holy Ghost to stand up and speak in front of those just weeks ago you ran from. Being a coward. It's the power, it's the infilling, it's a constant infilling. All of us, I believe, are fearful about sharing our faith. But you will receive supernatural confidence to speak when you are baptized in the Holy Ghost. We lack this confidence. We lack the, the power of the Spirit of God. I believe it's probably one of the number one reasons that the American church is timid in evangelism. We're now just speaking church doctrine. Church, church teachings. And I'm not, not even being little them, but without the Spirit of God, they just become teachings and words. Acts 4, 29 says, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. We're going to have threatenings. And grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak. God, 
Give me boldness, God. Fill me with the Spirit of God so I won't become timid and I'll still speak in spite of their threatenings. You're just not going to do that on your own. By stretching forth thy hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the Holy Child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. God is saying, return to that. These signs of judgments are beckonings for the people of God to return to walking in the power of the Holy Ghost. It's our only hope. The gospel is supernatural. It's not of this world. The words that I'm showing you, the scriptures, they're not of this world. They're not man-made. It's supernatural, full of power and might and life-giving, knowledge and direction and help and deliverance. It's supernatural. Somehow we've made it natural. John 8, 23 said, and he said unto them, you are from beneath. And I say, Lord, I know it. I know it, God. After all these years, Lord, I still can't be what I want to be because I'm made from dirt, fallen dirt. I'm from beneath. And God says, I am from above. You are of this world. And God said, I'm not. This is the gospel we should be giving. One that is not of this world. This is the one we should be walking in, speaking about, showing the changes in our lives. That's not of this world. It wasn't some five steps I did. We've got to get back to that. God is saying, return. Return to the power of the Holy Ghost. Return to living in the power of the Spirit of God. Spirit of might and power. God said, I'm not of this world. You can't do this with worldly ideas and thoughts and ways and meetings and powwows. Secondly, get back out there and start looking for opportunities. We're walking around blind. Peter and John were on their way to pray. They were on their way to church. And they saw a lame man and stopped. And saw his need. Was moved by him. Gold and silver, buddy, we don't have, but such as I have. We have that. Give I unto you. And a tremendous miracle comes from an opportunity they took. And more souls came to Christ. When was the last opportunity you took? I love my box. 
I'm perfect to preach this. I'm a box hugger, box lover. Now I'm becoming a box hater. I hate it, this part of me. Try him. Try Almighty. I told God, God, if I see this one more time, I'm stopping. And I don't care what. Next day, there it was. And I went, drove right to it. Earth didn't shatter, didn't tremble, didn't shake. But I drove away going, yeah, I did it. As little and as silly as that might sound. Look for opportunities. Stop looking at yourself in the mirror. You need this. You want that. You hurt here. You ache there. I know we're always going to do that. We always are going to hurt and ache and need something. The Bible says this in John 5, 7. Listen how sad this is. The impotent man answered and said, Sir, I have no one. There is an opportunity to minister to this person. Hordes are walking by. The pole starts to move again with the move of God. And this man's answer is, I have no man to help me. Because we're all in our box going. Praise God. I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in to the pool. But while I am coming, another step is down before me. And Lord, nobody cares. I can't move it. I can't do it on my own. Luke 14, 23 says that the Lord said unto the servant, go into the highways and the hedges and compel them. God's saying, return to that. Return to that. Your nation is falling apart. God is showing you signs and he's saying, church, if the big everything hinges on that word. Scores of millions of souls teetering on the word if. You decide to do it or not. <clears throat> Compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Look around. Compel means to drive to. Compel means to constrain. It means by force or threat. Pal, you're going to hell. Whoa, you shouldn't say that. If every other thing that you've tried, Bible says, save some by fear. There is a hell. There is a hell. Hell. I'm saying that word, hell. And it's being stoked and filled probably more than it ever has been. 
What's the Bible say about it? It's enlarging its mouth right under you. What? So many are falling in, and hell's got to enlarge to take them. And God is saying, new hope, return to me. We don't think it's important to come Sunday night. We don't think it's important to come Wednesday night. They used to. And that's why God is saying, return. And we've been doing this for so long. But has, has anything changed? Or have we gotten worse? Worse. <clears throat> worse now to the point where our nation might not recover. And it, it probably won't. All right, so you're to compel them, constrain them by force or threats. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 9.22 says, To the weak became I as weak. Should we get this high and mighty and look down spiritual nose stuff? Man, you ought to be kicked. We're weak. Weak. He's, Paul said, to the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I'm not saying someday, dude, you'll be like me. To the weak, I became weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. I know about the shysters. I know about the phonies. They're just trying to take your money. Let's just save some. Let's go for some anyway. <clears throat> Thirdly, remember first was, get yourself filled with the Spirit of God again. Paul tells you to stir up yourself. If you stir up yourself, it'll start happening. If you come to this altar and say, look, I'm, this is not a social gathering. I'm not here to talk. I'm here to cry out to God. And you cry out to God, you'll start to fill yourself back up with the Spirit of God. God will do it for you. So number one is get yourself back full of the Spirit of God as, as much as possible. Second, when you have done that, you will start to see opportunities. You'll start to see them like you never saw them before. And when you have the Spirit of God and you have the boldness of God, you'll do it. Some will do it easier, but most of us do it frightening. But we'll do it. And then we see what God does. See what He does. <clears throat> <clears throat> Third, when's the last time you expected miracles? Coming to church. Anywhere. Here, in your life, in your atmosphere, in your circle. Expect miracles. It's a miracle working God. He's the sea walker. And the blind man healer, he still is. Expect miracles. <clears throat> we don't. Maybe we kind of, sort of, sometimes. 
In the early church, miracles of healing took place in the streets right after they preached. And if you look and study the disciples, they're a bunch of losers. Oh, yeah, I fit in. Seriously, not even to make jest, I fit in. They're moaning and fighting, complaining who's the greatest among them. Doing all sorts of nonsense. And I believe a lot of times we don't really walk in the miracles today. Oh, they'll happen here, but they'll mostly happen where? Outside the box. Where they're hopeless and desperate and blind. And you're going to go, man, I don't have education and I'm not a preacher, but let me tell you what God did. Can I pray for you? Mark 16.20 says, And they went forth and preached, where? Everywhere. Everywhere. You refuse to? Then I wonder when the next harbinger is coming, or the next shaking, or the next devastation, the next what? We can't move and stir other churches, just us. This is what we have. Here's our sphere of influence, you and I. This is it. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. And confirming the word with signs following. Now I'm going to let some time go back. And if I see what I saw another day down the road, I'm going back in. First one was casual. Hey, you remember me? Yeah, I think I do. It's just one There's so many. They're just all over the place. We just don't take the time. We're too worried about our own lives. God will confirm and work with us. Signs, miracles, wonders, wonderful things, great things. Person I chatted with, nothing great happened. Nothing great. But who knows a year or two down the road, but I find out he's uh, laying in his deathbed. And then I got to go to a complete stranger who doesn't even know who I am and try to say, you know, I'm a preacher and you're probably not right with God and his family's all right. No, I'll know and he'll know me. And there'll be that connection. I've seen it before, happen over and over. The, the Lord loves The devil loves us to be in this box, in this box alone. 2 Corinthians 6, 1 says this, We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Have we received the grace of God in vain? You are not receiving the grace of God just to consume it on your own self. Grace is not what you say at dinner time. Grace, remember? 
God's divine ability to move upon your heart and reflect it in your life. Have you received that in vain? <clears throat> Meaning, there's no reflection. You're not showing anybody anything. God will give you grace and even more grace when you start doing what he's called you to do and you walk in it. He will. God said, am I giving you your, my grace in vain? Thanks, Lee. God's divine ability. God's, not mine. It's not up to me to say, I got to turn, I got to turn, I hit turn. What am I going to say? It's God's divine ability. And you do it. Oh, they'll be fair, they'll be trembling, but God will give it to you to do. And then He'll give you more and more. He'll reflect it in your life. God's divine ability. And so this scripture talks about working together with him. And he knows that you cannot do this in your own ability. So he gives you his divine ability, his grace to carry it out, to do it, to step out of the box and expect the enemy to go boo, and you'll run back in the box, but then you'll come back out. And you'll go a little further the next time. What else are we going to do? Sit in here and sing the great I am and wait for part four of the harbingers? Let's at least stand before God and God go, you tried. Way to go. Come on in. I don't know what God's going to do. I don't know if he's going to have a great turning around, a great revival or, or not. I don't know. But we've kind of always been what we saw, even that Kirk guy even said, what am I supposed to do? Just let it all go to pot? At least try. At least grab the bat. Okay, give me your best. This word worker is absolutely important. You know that it's always good and satisfying, satisfying, even though we moan and complain about work. But usually when you're exhausted after a weekend of doing this or whatever, and you see the, the product and how nice it is, you're, you might be wore out and could barely get into the hot tub, but you're glad you accomplished that. More so with God. And God is telling us he wants us to be workers together with him. You must be working with God somewhere, somehow. God's best for our lives is never to be at a state of ease. Never. Heaven is all that. Heaven is your unsupply of lemonade in Hammocksville. If that's what it is. We are not to be couch potatoes or pew potatoes. We're not. We all love our box. I mean, we just do. I know right where my Cheerios are and my jammies and the Epsom salt to pour into my 
hot water. Acts says this, And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. That's you and I. That's you and I. And they were all with one accord at Solomon's porch, yet none of the rest dared join them. But the people esteemed them, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. The people esteemed them because they saw their walk with the Lord working with them. Who esteems the church today in America? They want to tax us, shut us down, shut our mouths. They don't see anything. Barack Obama could get saved. That's a lead balloon statement. (laughs) You did. He could. He could. What we're thinking is the worst could end up becoming the best. Pray to that effect. Believing prayers. We're as bad as other religions. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. No belief in that. There's no stirring in that. Remember, I told you that story a long time ago when I had to speak at a big Catholic thing. And it was after it was 9-11, it was when it fell down, everybody running to church. And my part was to, they wanted me to read the Lord's Prayer. And I'm an ex-Catholic, and I know what that means. That means traditional nothing. And I sat there, and I was the last one to speak. No, I told you the whole time. I said, God, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? This is what they asked me to do. My name's on the thing. It says Lord's Prayer. What am I supposed to do? Not do it? Go up and act like some big old, sure, I ain't doing this. You need to. God simply said what? What did he tell me? Do you remember? Read it like you believe it. I didn't change nothing. Our Father, who art in heaven. And I told you, I had hordes come up to me. You've got to come back. You've got to come back. We could have listened to you all day. All I did was read Scripture like I believed it. Pray like you believe it. It'll turn into believing prayer. It will. They were so... Enamored with this group, they dared not join them, but the people esteemed them as vessels of God, people of God, people get in touch with God. We have that here. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord. Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? Instead of just, (gasps) oh, Brother Lenny, try this one. Oh, Pastor, try this one. Why would God shake our foundation with that? 
Why would God go, oh, these two servants of mine send the power of the Holy Ghost so they could, in boldness. Silly, right? Look, they ended up bringing the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches. What would you do that happened here? People start coming with love couches. That's all they could carry their sick one in. Would you go, what for Pete's sick? What is Pastor Dorn letting this? Or beds of sick people. So that the shadow of Peter the shadow. Didn't even really use a person. He just used a shadow. Where's my shadow? There it is. My shadow. Oh. God will use my shadow. Your God that's in you. You're going, oh, Barack Obama? Uh, I don't know. He'll use my shadow. Brock, you better not walk in my shadow. There's power in the person that loves God's shadow. If God says so, it's there. Axe head, float. Boom. Expect miracles. We don't. I mean, when you want to, can you, years and years ago, Pastor Bender would have, I don't know what he called, remember the lines we used to walk through and he'd pray for us? I don't know what he would call them, Holy Ghost line or something. I'd like to have a line. (laughs) And I'd be the first through it because I think this is what would (laughs) happen. Do something for God. Holy Ghost kicking line. And I'll go through first. What's wrong with you? My shadow can heal people. I can make an axe head float, you fool. Why not? Why not? He cut down a twig and threw it in a poison lake and it turned sweet. Why not? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? Get out of the box. There's death in that box. Go in fear and trembling, but go. Speak, stutter. Mutter over your words, but say them. God will make them crystal clear to the heart that's aching. You'll go away thinking, man, what a jerk. I couldn't even talk. Miracles. We've made this tremendous, wonderful, supernatural gospel natural. God help us. And now he will. He will. All of us are in this boat now. If God doesn't help, we're sunk.
This is it. This is the way it is. Be willing to go to out-of-way places. I'm horrible at this. Horrible. A to B. Don't tell me about C, D, or E, or F. A to B. Blinders are on, and I'm there. I don't know if all guys are like that. Maybe a lot of us are. As you look for opportunities, they're going to take you to out-of-way places. Remember the tremendous revival that Philip is in. It finally breaks loose. The revival's going on. God taps him on the shoulder and says, leave. What? It's just leave. And he was gone. Translate. Bing. Boom. He was right there by the eunuch. Told the eunuch the gospel. Gave him the word of God. He got right with God. And that eunuch started a church in that area. Be willing to go. I'm talking about right here in America. In these United States. Be willing to go. You hear the mayor's getting an operation? Go find out where he is. Walk in and say, excuse me. Mayor, can I pray for you? I'm so and so and so. Or a commissioner. Or whoever. Out of way places. Look for the need. Start asking God, God, show me the need. The gospel spread like wildfire in Joppa because Peter prayed for a bedridden man and then raised a dead woman, Tabitha. Look for the need. You hear about someone about ready to die, so a right to call me, but go. Let me finally get there and then tell me, um, so-and-so from your church was just here. It was wonderful. Prayed so wonderful for me. Great. Out of the box. And the next Sabbath day came also the whole city. Because someone moved, people saw it, the city was abuzz and heard it. That's why even these fake revivals in the name of the Lord draw such big crowds. Because people want help bad. Help bad. That's why all the occults are so big. Because people are looking for help. Any way they can. They don't filter with this at all. But they're looking for help. They're craving for it. Peter moves upon these people. Neither one of them went to church. God does a miracle. And one miracle set the whole city abuzz. Just one. One night, one evening, one service, one person, something happened. Next time, the whole city was waiting 
to get here. Expect miracles. When you're like, that's because you have no Spirit of God. You're not filled with the Spirit of God anymore. Get filled with the Spirit. First thing tonight is to come to the altar and say, God, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. All the stupid stuff you heard or taught or goofy people have done, throw it out and say, God, give me. God says, if you ask for this, will I give you a serpent? Will I give you a rock? God, fill me with the Holy Ghost. God, please fill me with the Spirit of God. Are you tired and disgusted? Are you willing to just say, God, fill me with the Holy Ghost? Whatever, God, whatever that is, according to this, Lord, fill me with the Holy Ghost. God tells us to go, not wait. He does. He tells us to go, not wait for them to come here. Let's trade in our passive, anemic religion and reclaim the passion and the aggression that we need as evangelists. Remember the monument? What was one of them? Evangelists. We're not even talking about God anymore on the street. The church isn't. The American, the Western church isn't. Western, we've been telling you for years, Christianity in the Western Hemisphere is dying. Now look at our nation. And what do you hear God saying? Return. Return. President walks in, all that music, has a seal. You have more power and authority than he has. And you're about to do it. If you get up and you walk down to your seal, right here, which is the blood of Jesus, and you start crying out, God, fill me with the Spirit of God. It starts there. We cannot be a spiritless church. Oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. We cannot. We cannot get bored with this. Let's stand. Mark, will you find us something that you want? And when you do, cut some of this lights off. I'm looking for people who are kind of like saying amen to this and saying, yeah, I, I want that too. I remember when I used to pray like, then get up here and do it again. Our altar calls have become little social things sometimes places to talk about problems. What? Why? Use you for an example. Why come and talk to Lenny? He's just a mere man. Talk to God. Talk to God. God, I need a miracle. I need a miracle. Lenny cannot fill you with the Holy Ghost. But God can. In all your fear, and all your shortcomings, say, God, I'm coming. Walking down here is kicking the box. 
I'm coming out of the box, God. I'm coming out of the box. Expect the enemy to scream. Expect the enemy to make you fearful. But just come in the name of Jesus saying, God, I've got to. i got to. It's too urgent. Come before you change your mind. You've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Every one of you. Every one of us now have got to be preachers. No matter where we're at, you get filled with the Holy Ghost. He'll give you the wisdom to not to be rude or crude. He'll give you the words. He'll give you the compassion, the love, the grace. Cry out to God. God, please, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Fill me, Lord. I feel like an empty, tired vessel. Fill me, Lord. The only alabaster box that can be used is the broken one. God, break my heart. I've been more into saving my life than giving my life. Break my heart, God. Call out to Him. I want my heart on fire. On fire. The enemy has been giving us death in the pot. We're eating porridge and stew that is not healthy. Fill us, fill us with the Holy Ghost, God. God, right now, every person, every soul, Lord, in this place, every willing vessel, God. Lord, everyone that is breaking that 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 vessel, Lord, now, that alabaster box right now, Lord. Wanting that aroma to fill wherever they are. Fill them with the Holy Ghost, God. Fill them with the power of Almighty God. God, the Holy Ghost, Lord. Then reflect it in their life, Lord Jesus. Let them walk in holiness, showing those all around them, oh God. Lord, do it, Lord Jesus. Fill us with the Holy Ghost.